Hello, boys. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We're recording again. I'm, I'm enjoying these recording evenings, nights, and uh, also today, a guest. How about you, Michael? It is certainly summertime now, right? So I'm sitting here in the sweat box on the second floor in Fredensborg. <laughs> uh, today I've had meetings in a blue shirt and swim pants. <laughs> <laughs> it is really warm and summer. I'm not complaining. I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, it's fantastic with the summer, isn't it? Yes. And there's no, no way you should complain. Now just think about, you know, November. Where it's there's not not snowing, it's like raining diagonal, and everything is wet and it's gray, and you have lights for twenty minutes a day. It's just terrible. So I'm happy to sweat. That's perfectly fine. It's out of our control. Nothing we can do about it. Yeah. So what have you guys been up to since uh, last time? It my turn to start this time. I think it's your turn. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I have this guppy memory, so I shouldn't really, you know, think back. I need to think back to what I did since last time. So mm-hmm. um, just to be on the safe side, I'm actually choosing a topic that I haven't spoken about at all before. So um, I've been working a bit in After Effects. So Adobe After Effects, that is a application where you can animate things. Mm. And it's part of the Adobe suite. And that's, of course, not the only application you can do animations like this and you can also do that in apple motion i think it's called mm-hmm. which i also have a license for and uh, it's actually a lot cheaper than the adobe suite but since i'm using all of the other tools in adobe anyway so that's why i'm using after effects as well it is already paid for exactly and it integrates really well that the, the the nice thing Motion probably integrates well with final cut pro or, or, or these applications but since i'm cutting in premiere pro i can do an animation in After Effects that becomes like a component that I can then bring in to my Premiere Pro project. And I can, let's say I have a lower third. You know, when you have a guest, you have the name in the bottom that pops up telling you who the guest is. That's a lower lower third. Mm. So I did a lower third for the podcast for our guests. You've probably seen it already uh, on our social medias for this podcast. But I built that so it's a component. You can drag it into the Premiere Pro project, and I can just change the name of the guest there. I don't need to go into After Effects again. It's pretty cool, and it just re-renders that in the background. So they are very, very tightly integrated. But it's also very, very powerful and quite complicated to, to do things. But I start to find my way around in the application now after maybe spending 10 hours or so on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, there is so much more to learn uh, to actually feel good working in the, in the application and feel good building things. And then, of course, you also need to get inspiration and feel creative when you do things. So you can do something that looks good and it, it's you know nice. So um, yeah, that's where I spent most of my my nerd time since last week, and I'm probably going to spend uh, a little bit more time with After Effects and Premiere Pro going mm-hmm. forward because I really actually enjoy doing those kind of things. It's a powerful and complicated tool. How is that performing on your studio? Generally, the studio is really fast rendering video, definitely. But I haven't really noticed a lot of difference on 
in After Effects. So basically because what you do in After Effects is maybe simple or limited or you know you don't utilize the power. I think the... usually After Effects that is really the small things you do in it. But of course you can build out maybe if you build an intro that may be 25 seconds and maybe you have 200 layers then of course that's going to need more power. Mm-hmm. But in my After Effects work so far I may have like 20 layers or 25 layers. So as you build up, you need more resources. But still, it's not anything that will take, I mean, many seconds to render. So if you render an animation, that will maybe take 4, 5, 10, 15 seconds maximum independently. So it's fairly okay. I have a family member who's actually uh, doing a lot of stuff in After Effects. Yeah. And uh, she is doing a lot of small video clips for TikTok. (laughs) <laughs> she is really cool on it so I've yeah. just maybe I should ask Johanna if I could get a, a crash course on it yeah. but yeah. it's fun yeah. to see her unfold her stories and her style and stuff like that Yeah, you can build these small things and it's mm-hmm. like Lego pieces you build and then yeah. when you build your project you just pull them in and you, it's, it's, an, it's a really cool thing so if you do it right you, you just reuse what you've done before so yes it takes time to do but you get a new building block. Mm, yeah. Going a little back in time here, because there's one thing that we haven't talked about. Usually I follow a lot of podcasts and uh, a lot of Apple stuff. And uh, in the beginning of June, uh, there was uh, DC. Yeah. And uh, it was a semi-online event, but they have also invited developers from around the world. So there was also live sessions on the first day and you know, all the big guys from Apple came out and said hello and they talked about stuff. But um, they invited a selected number of developers and say, hey, do you want to come and watch a movie with us? <laughs> <laughs> and then a thousand people took Pacino and uh, was there. And apparently it was a really good event. You know, the thing with WWDC is that it was all, always a, an event you went to. Yeah. In the old days, you could take your time and say, oh, should I go to WWDC? You could think about it for a week, and then if you wanted to go, you could register. That's not the case anymore, right? As right now, you're not being asked or have the opportunity, but as you know, last time they did the lottery, it was uh, done in uh, in about uh, 11 seconds. What I hear. So, <laughs> so, you know, you need to be low-latency internet connection if you want to go. So, yeah. There was a lot of stuff announced on WWDC, and uh, most notably in the context of our podcast is that uh, Apple announced the future of uh, pass keys built in in iOS and iPad OS 16 and macOS Ventura. Tell us, what, 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 what is a pass key? So a pass key is basically public key infrastructure. It is, uh, you have a private key, you have a public key, you exchange your public key with some server, and then they exchange the signature. So you will basically never see your password. You won't know your password. And uh, you will never give away your secret key to anybody. It's going to be built into applications and operating systems. And why it's interesting is that I think on uh, Google's developer conference, uh, which is about a month earlier than WWDC, they also announced support for for passkeys. And uh, so has Microsoft done. So maybe we're looking into a passwordless uh, future. And that would do something really good to security, I think. Yeah. I think it's interesting. 
You can see on the Apple tool stack, which is the one I'm working on, you can see that for some time they've really been simplifying the iCloud keychain and, and mm. all that stuff. It's really been, it's actually a powerful tool right now. You can actually consider it as a password manager. It doesn't have all the fancy features of sharing uh, a vault or sharing password with uh, some other third-party people in your life or a third person in your in your life, but uh, it's going in a direction of passwordless future, which I think is really interesting. Let's see how it will be adopted, but I think it's a good thing that these uh, big guys all are backing the passkey. Uh, via the FIDO, uh, the FIDO standard and the FIDO organization. Yeah. So mm. it really will have a broad impact. That, I think that's a good foundation for making that massive change it would be to get rid of passwords. So. Yeah. It's a really good, you know, symbol or an act or, you know, that all the three big ones have accept, accepted this and, and announced that they are going to work with it. Yeah. So I think that is, you know, if if they all just follow the same standard... <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. could be really good. It's a good foundation that they do yeah. it in the FIDO Alliance because uh, you know then there's certain guarantee for that my password also will work with Microsoft, Google, and and all the other ones, right? Mm. That, and any uh, update on a company formerly known as Facebook, the Meta, on this? They they just need to adopt. I think all these companies will adopt once it's available, right? Once it is available in operating systems and that's where we should start looking and applications are supporting it, um, they will adopt because everybody has an interest in uh, more security. Mm. They're not interested in hacked account. I think that that will just follow. Specifically to Facebook, I haven't heard anything about passkeys, but they may have a plan for that. I don't know. I don't follow that company. I don't like them. So. <laughs> Then there was uh, the successor of the M1 processor. Right now, the M2 is out in a uh, MacBook Air, almost 14-inch, I think it's 13.8-0.9-inch uh, MacBook Air in a new design. Yeah, so when, uh, when does it arrive? I think they said that they would be shipping in a month, so I actually think they're shipping now. But I haven't, uh, I haven't placed an order. You know, no? we are controlling our desires as well, right? What's what's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have <laughs> no more need of computers right now. Yeah, it's a good thing we rec recorded that. So, yeah. What is uh, interesting with the M2 is that where M1 was a really massive revolution in in the CPU or in the in the chip industry because of that way of doing with the shared memory on uh, between the computer and the graphics and all that. And the SSD, everything built in to one single chip, which makes everything faster. What they have done right now is more an evolutionary release of uh, of M2, which has uh, more cores, is a little bit faster, is a little bit more efficient, but you know, a little bit. It's like eighteen to twenty percent faster. It uh, has a even uh, less energy consumption, so stuff like that. We now have the M2, but we haven't seen the M2. Pro or the M2 Max or the M2 Ultra, right? They will probably come later during the next year or two. Uh, so that was interesting to see what uh, which direction they're going, and uh, it looks like graphics, man, <laughs> in a big time. <laughs> it is. It's all about graphics. Yeah, we always said that uh, Apple is a crap computer to play games, but they have a gaming strategy. That's for sure. They really have a gaming strategy, and. Uh, where they are strong in gaming is, of course, in mobile gaming. And that's a massive market. Mm. It's a really a big market. So 
be interesting to see whether they manage to take that into some interesting game that I want to play on my studio. Yeah, it's it's either gaming or crypto. It's one of the two. Yeah. So if if they were aiming for crypto, I think they were missing the train, or at yeah. least this train, yeah. and maybe others. <laughs> I think the whole SOC architecture is really interesting because it it uh, they can mold a chip into a use case they have. Right now, all the uh, YouTubers are excited because we can do ProRes rendering and mm. all kinds of graphic stuff, really fast and efficient, and that's a time saver for those people. I'm not a YouTuber. I do other stuff. I don't really utilize the processing power I have on my studio. But uh, maybe I will in two or three years' time. Who knows? If they get a use case for crypto, for example, they could just, quote-unquote, change the SOC architecture mm. and do another design. That's what's powerful about it, right? So building this really tailor-made the CPU architecture to their use cases and to their equipment, and that's what makes it powerful. MacOS Ventura, MacOS, what is it, 13? <laughs> Did I ever say that I would not run the beta? Uh, I think uh, uh, you said that uh, a while back. Um, so, uh, yeah, so okay. Three hours after WWDC, they released the first beta on Ventura, and I installed it on my laptop. I've checked around and said, okay, it's okay. It does, you know, the essential tools work. I knew there would be some t- tools that wouldn't work like... Uh, audio drivers. Audio drivers. <laughs> uh, no, not audio drivers, but uh, you know, uh, all rogue Amoeba applications like mm. Audio Hijack and all those, they yeah. just have a tradition for they don't support. You they, know, they are essentially it, audio drivers. So. They are, but I have <laughs> audio, right? So it's... Yeah. So that was about it. So. There's probably also a ton of filters in like... Mm. Uh, audition or audacity that doesn't work either because they always always but have issues if you go I haven't early. really I haven't really found that because then you know I became used to it and there's some stuff on the stage manager that I want to try out I also want to look into the passkey thing and uh, be a little bit prepared on that so I installed it on my studio as well of course you did um, how long it? after? Six hours after release? No, it was a, a couple of days after. Maybe two days. <laughs> yeah, also yeah, immediately no. went on iOS 16 and uh, uses a little bit more battery right now. There will be, by the time we have released this podcast, there will be a public beta. And the big thing was uh, that you can now design your own lock screen, more or less, as you like, uh, yeah. which is a cool thing. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the eye-catching feature. And then there's tons of other features in like you can do in f- the photos app. Now you can, if you have an object, like if you have some leaves with water drops on it, you can just click on that and it will just clip that, that object out of a photograph into a, into a paste pod and you can paste it somewhere else. So you can, there's a lot of stuff. There will also be shared family albums now. So you can share with your family, you know, mm. just, without just selecting, you can just have an album that's shared with your Apple family, stuff like that. A lot of that stuff. And the thing is that on, on Ventura, they changed the uh, system preferences. I almost forgot what it's called, what it was called. <laughs> now it's called system settings. And that has really generated some noise on the internet that they have done that. That's how it is. When, you, <laughs> the, when, the, when someone else rearranges your living room, right, you will be opinionated yeah, yeah. on it. And, uh, I never it. find my way in that uh, settings app anyway. I mean, I always need to search to find what I'm looking for. It's definitely gonna. It's definitely gonna be iOS like. Yeah, that's what it is. But that's also crappy. I don't like that either. There's too much thing things in there, and 
for me it doesn't feel like it's naturally organized but no. that's just me i'm not in there every day so i will survive yeah exactly but uh, that has really created a lot of noise so yeah that was just a quick wrap up on uh top dc no. but it's going to be interesting to see i'm now on beta 2 and it's terrible unstable i rebooted my studio twice today and it always goes down during the night so i just started shutting it down instead so i am hoping for a beta 3 like uh, tomorrow maybe or this evening <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's life with a beta but uh, i manage hmm? what about you jens i have the same problem as, as martin so uh which is yeah with the the memory the, the memory oh, the perfect memory yeah so uh just to to be sure i want to uh, some update on my mall projects that start with ipad uh, and stream deck and well it doesn't work when you don't remember to bring your ipads to the mac <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> that's a good observation <laughs> and i don't need them that much that i'm going to leave my chair and uh, find the ipad and set it up when i've discovered that oh i could use them here i think that is a pretty good signal that it's not a tool for you right that will be worth it it's while that that's my my gut feeling from what I, what i hear you saying i definitely need to find some better keys and, and uh, things that uh, I can do with a, a stream deck before I, I'm able to just get it when it's not around. Yeah, so it's a very, very expensive uh, light switch for me, so. <laughs> I think I will get back to that uh, in a couple of months to check if it's back or if it's totally forgotten. <clears throat> or you are getting hit by by rocks from Norway, because I can imagine Gaia is opinionated <laughs> on this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll give him uh, ask him for a comment that uh, none of us uh, is really using it. Martin, what? How about you? I use it every day. Um, okay. And as I said, it's a very expensive light switch because mm. that's my main use oh, case yeah. for it to and they, uh, turn on and turn off my my stream lights. And. The other thing I use it for is to actually uh, have a button to turn off the screens on the Mac. Hmm. Because I have a, a mouse, then I turn it, the power is on the underside. So every hmm. time I need to turn the mouse off, <laughs> the, the computer, oh, of course, wakes up. Yeah. So now I have the routine that I can just close the mouse, put it down, and then I press on my Dream Deck and the computer goes to sleep. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a few things but i also have my my note workflow that's also integrated to the to the stream deck but there is i feel slowly some things coming onto the stream deck but yeah yeah it's it's maybe not the app i would recommend i put mine in my drawer yeah and i don't miss it i like the clarity on my disk instead actually <laughs> i use it so rarely and that's you mentioned this jens that uh, you had a problem remembering shortcuts Shortcut yeah. keystroke. I love that. And it's been, always been the way for me. So I, I use my mouse very limited. Of course, I use it now and then when, you know, when convenient, but not for starting up applications, finding a lot of uh, features I use a lot. I always use a shortcut. And so I don't really have that. It's interrupting my workflow, reaching out to a stream deck that is not steady on my table, pushing a button, and then... Uh, one out of four times it doesn't work because 
<laughs> yeah, I Quite think that's the big problem, right? Yeah. But I, I, it works really a lot better on my studio than it did on my my Intel Mac. I would, I must say. Uh, so I think it the software that is maybe not as stable as it should be, mm. for sure. It mm. it works sometimes depending on on your Mac and what plugins potentially you have installed. Yeah, but. Instead of Stream Deck, let's talk about something I really use uh, every day, and that's the Apple Watch. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just completed my first full week of training. You said how much you do, how much you t- train, how much you're standing, and it fills uh, these three circles. And I had a, a full week where I was able to fill these uh, circles. Before the crowd goes wild, what are your daily goals? They are limited. What is that in in walking kilometers or exercise minutes? Or what what is actually in it? Two hundred k calories and uh, fifteen minutes of exercise and standing for six hours. Okay. Yeah. You don't have a walking goal or no? No. No. Okay. But there's been a, a couple of days where I've been missing just a few uh, minutes of exercise. It, it records exercise uh, without I'm asking, I'm, uh, asking. Yeah. and sometimes I'm, I'm only missing a, a little bit. And I've seen that quite sometimes do a little more exercise than I would if I hadn't the, the, the watch. Uh, so, so that's that's quite nice. Mm-hmm. And and then I I went to the gym for some practice, and the first thing the watch did was notify me that it had only had ten percent battery left. <laughs> and as you know, a practice session that's not recorded doesn't count. Really, it didn't happen. But it actually was able to to do an hour workout and and still on ten percent. And on ten percent, so so I was quite pleased of the, of, of of that. Yeah, uh, and I think that's one of the best features of the Apple Watch. It's the non-existing battery life. And of of course, uh, I also tested uh, talking to the watch. Uh, I'm, I'm all ears. Like like to take notes, but as you set out the challenge for me to to talk to the watch. Mm-hmm. And it actually works quite well. How many of your voice captures has entered into drafts and into something in uh, in either Obsidian or or Reminders or what have you? But how many have you done uh, in the last week? In in the last week, uh, around seven, ten, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Compared to what you capture in uh, from the keyboard, what is that? Uh, it's just roughly around half and half i I think uh, it works i've tested it it's convenient for me in in the right setting uh so that's going to stay when i gave you that challenge uh, i really thought you're never going to complete it and it wasn't that i want to set you up for failure at all it was all with good (laughs) intentions but it was i'm sure you're gonna bail on that one but you certainly didn't uh, so oh, I've been thumbs up. That's good. Yeah. I've been such a fan of watches back in the old days where they almost couldn't do anything at all, but just a tiny bit. And uh, now they they can really do a lot. All right. 
So uh, I have some more stuff. Great. Uh, this is around that time of year where I do have a look at uh, my horizons and say, hmm. And as you know, I've been uh, really busy with a new job for the last six months or so. So now it's time to set some new projects for the next half year. So I have entered a lot of stuff, not a lot, but some important stuff into my reminders in Obsidian. And that is uh, projects that uh, I need to move, I think, within the next year. I want to have some more space. I want to have uh, space for a teenager and maybe some space for Rose. Uh, that's certainly not possible, as you both know, uh, where I live right now. Uh, so that's a biggie, uh, because the thing is that I really like living here, so uh, I need to find something that is uh, very close by and still, you know, where I can have a fiber connection and, you know, all these uh, <laughs> basic things, right? And and a, and a special room for... A podcasting, a nerdery. podcasting equipment. I want to have a sound studio, right? Where all my <laughs> stuff and all that. Yeah, that's, that's one of my dreams. But that's all, now we're already counting three extra rooms. Well, anyway, that's the dreaming part of it. And I'm trying to put it into motion with some very specific projects, actually being active now on those projects. So that's a biggie that I want to complete over the next six to 12 months. It's an important project for me. On the work side, also been evaluating my, uh, my this half year. Uh, where we just completed the quarter and I have some new projects or some new uh, clients that I want to pursue and I want to do it in a very specific way. In uh, my company, we use a uh, sales methodology called Medic. I won't go into that. That's very measurable and and uh, strategic goals and stuff like that. I also want to implement that work into my GTD system doing the uh, thinking process with the natural planning model and trying to combine all these things. And then I want to add an additional level of evaluation of my activities and that is uh, really think hard about what is under my control and uh, what is not under my direct control, what can I influence and stuff like Really make those distinctions. And we're going to talk about that today. Right? Because uh, we have an exciting and very long project ahead of us that we are starting off today. Absolutely. I'm looking really, really looking forward to this project since I have actually tried, tried it before without succeeding. Yeah, you have failed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How many times did you fail? Uh, just once. Um, okay. I started it up and did two or three of mm. the 52. Uh, and then I just, you know, ran out in the sand. Mm. But now we have accountability partners. And we're actually expanding our circle a little bit. We because, are. Because uh, the three of us is, are all in this project. We have a book. We have 52 weeks of exercises, weekly reviews, and uh, all kinds of stuff that we're going to talk about in a minute. But then we're expanding our circles with uh, our friend of the podcast, Sebastian Freiler, who has been on the show twice. And uh, this new gentleman, not new, but uh, we met him during the GTD summer camp. I have been thinking a lot about a particular session at the, at the summer camp where our friend Joost presented GTD and Stoicism 
So Joost, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Michael. Great to be here. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. How was, uh, how was the summer camp for you? Oh, it was awesome. A bunch of really nice people geeking out about really nice topics. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is one of the things that you learn when you go to a, a, a thing like this, that the the quality or the, the, the good, the good spirited folks that are using uh, getting things done it's so nice to to come into this community and then talk with with people that is, is using getting things done because uh, they're just good people most of them yeah of course there, there is the exception i i'm i'm in the crowd as well so <laughs> <laughs> no as uh, as we discussed uh, just before we started the recording martin and uh, it's very hard to tell what was the best presentation i mean Depends where you are, what you're interested in, but it was really a, a solid program of really good presentations and uh, almost takeaways from everything. For me, that was really nice. And uh, yeah, and we also have some takeaways because for a while we have been discussing this uh, Stoic project. Uh, we have mentioned it a few times in in past episodes that we would like to go into this, and then we have used, and he's really the doer in this. Yost, right? How how many years have you worked with or lived as a Stoic? Well, lived as a Stoic is maybe a, a bit of a stretch, but uh, I've been trying to uh, live like a Stoic, if you will, for about three years now, I think. Mm-hmm. But what is that all about? What does that mean for you? Well, Stoicism for me is about becoming a good person and living living a thriving life that is uh, that it, what what's it about for me it's described as a philosophy of life mm. um, it's not a uh, what's called a paper and pen philosophy not an academic discipline because you have to understand that stoicism when it was developed or born in about 300 BCE in in ancient Greece. Mm. Philosophy was really more of a a practical way to do things. So if you had like a physical problem, you would go to a doctor Mm. or a physician. If you had a mental challenge, you would go to the philosopher. Mm. And uh, I think it's really nice to see that the ancient Stoic ideas survive to this day and and you will see them in things like um, relational emotion emotive behavior therapy by alice and um, uh, cbt which is currently still used in in psychology it's a life philosophy it's it's a philosophy of action to become the best version of you and to live a thriving life and there's a whole framework around that on on how you should do that which we call stoicism but how did you get started with this? What was the entry point into Stoicism for you? Well, before Stoicism, I was into Buddhism. Yeah. And I didn't really feel comfortable with all of the like rites and the um, ceremonial aspects of it. And then you start looking around and then you find this thing called Western Buddhism mm-hmm. or Stoicism. Uh, they also say sometimes that uh, a Stoic is a Buddhist with an attitude. And I kind of like that. <laughs> and the thing that really um, solidified it for me was reading a quote from Tim Ferriss, who said, Stoicism is a human operating system for thriving in high-stress environments. 
and at that time I, I was sold. Mm. Yeah. Also, uh, this is not religion. This is philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a big difference. And you know, when I the audio books that I have been through preparing for this episode has you know, really also given me the impression that stoicism is very open to adapting into modern life. You don't find yourself with a philosophy that drives you back 2,000 years and then you're stuck in that. Very much relates into what's happening today. Is that an okay interpretation? Yeah, very much. Mm. I mean, it started over 2,000 years ago in ancient Greece. Mm. It then got into the Roman Empire. There it evolved. And after several centuries, we now have modern Stoicism, which is very in tune with what's happening in science. And uh, yeah, as you said, it's it's not religious. Uh, in fact, it's agnostic and you can plug in whatever religion or, uh, or wh whatever you want to plug in there and it will work mm. for you. And you also find elements of Stoicism in all kinds of religions. There are some quotes and some, some wording that is used uh, among anonymous alcoholics or Christianity, or it, it shows up in a lot of places where people adopted some Stoicism into whatever they, what else they are engaged with. For sure. Yeah, there's a very central uh, teaching in Stoicism that's called the dichotomy of control or the Stoic fork that says that some things are within our control and some things are not within our control. And we do best to differentiate the two and, and to know how they differ. And you mentioned uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. They use this thing called the uh, serenity prayer. Yeah. And that goes, God grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the, and the wisdom, wisdom to know the difference, yeah, which I think exactly. is spot on. It is a wonderful quote. I actually have it in my Horizon 5 documents uh, as well. When you start to think about that, what can I control, what can't I control, and help me see the difference, that is really powerful. But reading these quite old texts, it can be quite difficult to, to not give a modern uh, interpretation of them because they are in a context that are quite of course, quite different from our time. Do you see any difficulties having such old texts and use them in modern times? So I don't consider this to be much of a problem. You have some really good modern Stoic writers who help us to interpret the old text in their context and translate it to, to the current day and age. But also Stoicism, although, of course, you will read in the ancient text things like with slaves and um, uh, about the gods, which would be typically the um, the Greek gods or the Roman gods or the, the entire spectrum. It is much more about human nature. And human nature didn't really change that much over the years. So it's still, still very relevant, I would say. I think yeah, that kind of relates very well to my understanding of stoicism as well. I, I started to dabble with this one, one and a half years ago while actually reading or listening to Marcus Aurelius' meditations in uh, as an audiobook. And 
I, I don't understand, Michael, how you can read these kind of books as audiobooks because that was a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I started to listen to it, and I, I remember I was listening to it mowing the lawn, mm. but that was not working at all for me. So I had to go and I borrowed uh, the book at the library for at mm. first and read it uh, after I listened to a part of it, and that was my entry point to it. And then I found a lot of other books as well. But it is actually quite surprising how well-fitting the philosophy actually is even to today's life. And that it actually can, can help us also in the, in the modern society. I also think that one of, one of my takeaways, by the way, I agree about the audiobooks, they're really not that well-spoken. Uh, but you've got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, my my point is more like my brain doesn't work uh, with with facts book. Uh, stories are fine mm. in the audio format, but not facts and and philosophy things like that. I just can't follow along. I just totally loses the track, unfortunately. There will be some revisiting, but you know me and paper books is something I have to put on the radar. Yeah, uh, but uh, actually, it could be good to do both. Yeah. To read and listen at the same time. Well, my first uh, Stoic book, this one, it took them two and a half months to get it to the country. <laughs> and I'm when I want to engage in something, something needs to happen now. Yeah. Audiobook is a really good solution to that problem. But Martin, there's one thing you need to consider, and that is if you are uh, listening or reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, you're not really... Uh, listening to a book that was ever meant for publishing you are listening to basically the the daily journal of of the emperor of rome who is trying to remind himself uh, how to live like a a good human Mm. um so there's a lot of repetition in there and a lot of personal things and i don't think you should read that book like like a book i actually think it's better to use something like uh, ryan holiday's the daily stoic or something like that where they split up a lot of different authors in smaller chunks and you're supposed to read a section a day or something like that so you can reflect around that piece. That's at least what, how I later on you know, deepened my, my knowledge and, and thinking around, around the philosophy. The nice thing about Stoicism is that these Stoics, they tend to really compress the, the most important lessons or wisdoms into one-liners or one one paragraph pieces because the shorter it is the more easily you can remind yourself it's almost like a mantra and that's why we have a lot of these really nice quotes Mm -hmm. that can then be used by other authors to uh, to tie things together and i think ryan holiday does a terrific job uh, yeah with that yeah yeah no he takes us like one of the days uh, or one of the, the sections from, let's say, meditations, for example. And then he describes or explains that section from a few different aspects. And that's actually quite helpful. And you can learn a lot around the thinking and how you can in- interpret it, the, the, the thoughts. So that, that's a, a super good way to get into to Stoicism, I think, at least. Um, but I, I still think I'm a very, very novice to, to Stoicism, even though I have dabbled a little bit. So I kind of know a little bit about the different old bearded man, but I don't know <laughs> too, too much, actually. But I think it's a really, really good idea to try this 52-week live like a Stoic challenge. 
this is uh, following a book by uh, Massimo Piliucci and Gregory Lopez. I think that is a that's a really nice way to to learn more about Stoicism because it is a very comprehensive framework, mm. and it's always nice to have someone guide you through it and and give you exercises to do to get better at it because it is quite a tough thing to get through yeah. in one go. Was that the reason that Stoicism maybe faded a little bit away in the third century? Too difficult to practice, or no? Uh, if I recall correctly, it had more to do with uh, political situations, war, the rise of Christianity in the Roman Empire. There were a lot of things that contributed to the Stoicism not being practiced as is. Although you see that the ideas kind of trickle through history, there's someone who was able to trace some of the Stoic ideas through the early Christian church fathers all the way to modern day. So the ideas prevailed, but maybe the practice as meeting under the, the colonnade, the Stoa in ancient marketplace to discuss uh, philosophy, that died a little bit. But mm. I'm happy to see that the, this modern Stoicism movement is really picking up speed. Yeah, it can only be a good thing. I'd like to take a little round. Since we have agreed that we will uh, work with this book for 52 weeks, and we will have each release of the podcast, we will have a summary of how that past week went, maybe a little bit about what the next period is bringing. But I'd like to ask around, why are we doing this, Martin? Why? Yeah, for me, I have been interested in, in Stoicism for a long time. As I said, I've already read a little bit and looked into it. But I think it comes down to me as, as a person. I mean, I'm an atheist. I don't think there is a God. I think we live and then we don't live. And then you need to have something guiding you in your life or helping you living, a, I would say, a happy life a fulfilling life, a life that you feel good with. And I think that is a really hard thing to do in a modern world. I mean, we have so much things to consume. We always want more. We're never never happy. But, I mean, we should be super happy with the, the status we have today, but we're not. How should I live to, to live a more happy and a more, I mean, more content life? So, so that is what I am hoping and, and seeing that I could find in Stoicism. How would that unfold for you? What would it be down to practical things that, that you would like to see in your life on an everyday basis? I always have uh, a little bit like you said, that when something, when I get an idea, I want to action it quite quickly. Mm. I mean, I have impulses that mm. <laughs> are quite fast and... I wouldn't say jealous, but I, I sometimes get some envy about things that I don't have or situations I'm not in. And that is something I would like to be able to handle in a in a better way. So desires. change. Yeah, desires. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jens? I really don't have any uh, expectations or any good reasons to join, but... Uh, Working with you for the, and and Martin for for the last couple of years and and, and months, all the good ideas has turned out fantastic. So uh, 
for for me, it, it's uh, just to jump on board uh, and and make sure the no no Jens, stop yeah but but that, that that's for me it, it it depends if 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 I knew what stoicism was then I could have an idea I have almost no clue so for 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 me it's let's see what it is yeah but that's just a free ride what would be a desired outcome of spending. 52 weeks working with philosophy together with Martin and me on the podcast. <laughs> me, me, meeting Joost and then uh, having a, a fun time. <laughs> um, no, for, 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 for me, uh, looking into new ideas, uh, see what I can can use is, is already, uh, always uh, exciting. Uh, I have, have no idea what uh, stoicism can, can, can bring to me. What changes would you like to see in your life? In your personality and, you know, things that you would like to change? In, 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 in what way? Personal way. Things in your behavior, in your life situation, in the way you adapt to things, in the way you experience things, in the way you conduct your everyday life. Uh, What my my just uh, what I let me see what uh, could I say it um, I would go into this journey and 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 trying to to see if if there anything for for me what I would what change and and how I would change it I, I have no idea uh, uh, right now. So, can I give you maybe a suggestion from my side? Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're we have done uh, a lot of projects on this podcast where you said, yeah, I need to plan this, I need to maybe consider this, and you haven't really moved on them. Would that be something you could be better on completing projects for yourself in your in, in your life? Deciding the projects you want to go into and uh, and make them really actionable so you can feel that you can action, you can do actions on it? But... But is is that stoicism? Uh, I'm <clears throat> or connected to stoicism. I I have no idea. It could be something that you would like to change change in your life. Maybe there was something for you in stoicism. Maybe I don't know. But you know, it's just I'm, I'm looking down to practical things. I can you in a in a minute you will ask me what do you want to change, and I have a number of things that I would like to change or you know where I think I could use this, and Yoast will be a good guide for that. Maybe, maybe if I can uh, um, share my uh, take on on this, because I will actually join you guys in doing the fifty-two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we we cannot learn that which we uh, think we already know, and and I don't know a lot, so uh, <laughs> I will join you in the challenge. It's actually uh, it's a fun quote by uh, Marcus Aurelius. He has seen, uh, or an anecdote rather, he has seen leaving the palace with a bunch of scrolls yeah. under his uh, under his arm and and he is about 70 or, or 80 at least he's very old yeah. and he is spotted by one of his uh, assistants and he asks the emperor marcus where are you going and he says i'm oh. going to see sextus the philosopher to learn that which i do not know yeah. so if marcus aurelius uh, at 70 or 80 years old 
is still willing to learn, then I am definitely <laughs> willing to take up this challenge. It's a wonderful, wonderful quote. Yeah, for me, it's um, it's a matter of balance. So there's two things uh, for me in Stoicism that I would really like. One is the acceptance of the current reality. And that has very much to do with the dichotomy of control, accepting that which I cannot change and take action on the thing I can change. And it is about being more resilient about what is coming at me um, in terms of requests, um, observations, emotions, other people's opinions, to be more resilient and, and in the moment so that I am able to live a meaningful life, basically in the in the storm that that surrounds me. That that is what it would be for me, and I think stoicism gives us a very nice framework of doing that. Mm. I also like Martin. You you said something about desires. Yeah. And the book that we will be um, we will be following is cut up into what's called three stoic disciplines the discipline of here we go desire or what is proper to want and not want according to the stoics followed by the discipline of action how we should behave in the world and the discipline of ascent and how to react on various uh, situations that you come across so i think that your inquiry into how to cope with desires will definitely be on uh, on the agenda to complete my quest over at Jens's office desk, there are some things where I feel I need to be more resilient. For many, many years, I've been feeling that I was the victim of a lot of things in my life. You know, looking out in the world and seeing, ah, oh, this is because this and that, and it's out of my control. And I really want to get closer to getting rid of that. It's not as bad as it was uh, many years ago, but it's still a thing, right? The, you know, the feeling of being a victim. And uh, as a consequence, just procrastinating on a lot of stuff. That's one thing that I would really like to work with. I also have, as Martin, the desire things. Do I really need the things that I desire? I mean, uh, really think about it. What is okay to desire and all that? And and with the investments we have made into IT infrastructure for the last the, half year. You covered that. <laughs> that's a good base for that. And you are really uh, leading the pack, Jens, with the controlling desires. Then there is uh, also very much this uh, situation that, uh, what was that? Was that uh, your mic? Yeah, so you need to cultivate your inner Swede, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, I need to cultivate my inner sweet. Exactly. That's uh, I need that. Um, and then uh, very much on me for the side of control, working in a sales world, you know, where you are kind of the middleman. Uh, you have managers where who wants uh, to see budget money and always more than we have agreed. And then you have to be valuable enough for the customers, so valuable that they want to buy. There's really, I hope, some valuable lessons for me in that context in stoicism, also being more resilient. And uh, like we talked about that, you know, those meetings where you're basically facilitating a lot of stuff, but you are not the, you're, it's not in your control. You are working in a space where you don't have much control, but the things that you have control are really focus on them, do them proper. Right? That's, that's, 
some of the stuff that, uh, in order to answer my own question to Jens, that, that, that I would like to see. And uh, hearing what, uh, for example, you said about what stoicism was, was, was uh, there were some nice things and, and things I would like, desire. <laughs> uh, uh, some, 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 some really good changes uh, in that way. But for, for, for me, it requires a little bit more digging into uh, stoicism and, and figuring out what, what it is before I have uh, any idea of what it is and what, what it can, can bring to me. There's no guarantees. So what was the good things that you said? And it's completely uh, out of my mind again because I was just listening. But uh, it really re- related to, to, to me. So I'm also not sure what I said, but uh, <laughs> one of the main goals of Stoicism is is often described as uh, live in accordance with nature. Now, that does not mean we all need to go out and hug trees because nature should be interpreted as human nature. So in a sense, we have this thing we, we, we can say to each other now in, in modern language, say like go with the flow or something. And, and the Stoics would agree um, because living in accordance with human nature is living in accordance to the universe. There's a cause and effect. There's uh, things like desire. Uh, there's emotions. And there's a balanced way to handle them. And that, that is what Stoicism is really trying to get to. So we know from GTD, we know this, this thing like mind like water. How does the water respond to input? Like David Allen gives this example of if you throw a pebble into a pond, it does pebbleness. If you yeah. throw a rock in the water, it does rock. And then it it doesn't tense up before the rock hits it. It just adapts. goes with the flow. It adapts. Yeah. I think that's a good way to see stoicism. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you a, a bit of an example of, of what a stoic would say, for example, is uh, there's this Marcus Aurelius quote, which says, don't say more to yourself than first impressions report. You have been told that someone speaks ill of you. That is what you have been told. You have not been told that you were harmed. So what you see here is a stoic telling himself to really look at the world, what's what's going on. Someone has said something ill about me, but I myself make the uh, have control over whether or not I allow that particular situation to hurt me. You control your response. You control your response. Um, we don't control what happens to us. We control how we respond. And also things are not inherently good or bad, but our thinking, our interpretation makes it so. So for example, rain in a period of drought for a farmer, this is the best thing that can happen for your crops. If it's your wedding day, you're not so happy with rain. But rain is just rain and it's our interpretation that makes it one way or the other so if we can train how to look at things a little bit better maybe we can make the space between the initial thing happening 
the initial thought, the initial sound, the initial, well, call it an input, Hmm. and our action, if we can make that space a little bit bigger, then we can choose our response much more uh, positively, effectively. Effectively. Yes. Yeah. So how will we come about this? Jens, Martin, what's happening? Oh, that was a half-naked boy running past you in the background. <laughs> I also have a half-naked sitting in there. It's warm. Uh, yeah. No, so I have, let, let's say this, use that I'm, after I'm recording here, I'm coming home, and I have uh, two of my kids, they are home alone, and my daughter, she was supposed to clean her room for the 15th time this week. It hasn't been done. I have one of those too. Yeah. So when I come in through the door, I'm pretty sure that the groom will not be cleaned. Yeah. She will still be in her bed with her phone. And sometimes it's so hard to not, you know, just explode and strangle the kid, essentially. So how would a stoic handle this situation when I come home and the room is not cleared? Well, good question. First of all, a stoic would know that anger is one of the emotions that is not very helpful. Yep. Um, they said that anger was temporary madness, to, <laughs> to put that in, uh, in perspective. And it doesn't really help. So a stoic would question, would ask the question, what is under my control here? And they would think about it a bit, and they would come to the conclusion that the behavior of other people is not within our control. What is within our control is how we react to the situation and how we take action to the situation. So uh, I would like to uh, I'll put the question back to you, Martin. Uh, if the room being cleaned or, or otherwise the other person's behavior is not under your control, what could you do? In GTD, we would say, uh, what's your next action? But <laughs> yeah, what is under your control in this situation? Yeah, of course, I need to have a discussion with her again. I mean, uh, or I could clean it myself. That's under your control. That's under my control, yes, for sure. I could also just ignore it and just give her, let her live like a pig. But mm. uh, it kind of annoys me. <laughs> mm. Again, feelings and, and ideas. So, yeah, no, so this is the kind of things that we will be able to explore um, using stoicism, right? How, how to handle situations like this. Mm-hmm. Like uh, sometimes become automatic and you lose control. That, that could definitely be, be an approach. I mean, and this scales up as well, right? I mean, someone not cleaning their room is, of course, in the grander scheme of things, a minor issue. But the same way as you would handle this, a stoic would handle political things or mm. things on the world theater like war and how to how to handle that emotionally, internally. Let's take another one. We go into this podcast recording. I have a question to Jens. I don't feel he is prepared. It pisses me off. It's out of my control that Jens is prepared. I have thought about what we, why we want to do this 52 weeks and at least I've done some thought on it. And basically it's not, it's not with me. It just makes me a little bit sad that when we're trying to do these things, 
we are on different levels or different levels of preparations and stuff like that. So what would my attitude be instead of being pissed off? Well, does pissed off help you? Mm, no, it doesn't. It's just my natural. It's it's my natural reaction that I bought a book, I gave a book, and you know, tried to stimulate for the project, and uh, we talked about it a lot. At least I considered a lot of stuff that I want to do with this, but you know, we are not leveling, and that is out of my control. It's not either my responsibility, but it makes me sad. Would that be the distinction that I should do? Just say, okay, this is out of my control. But I am involved in the outcome of the 52 weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can only uh, lead by example, I suppose. Mm -hmm. You can also explore the the feeling. Mm -hmm. Why are you getting sad? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something you can uh, potentially control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. But going into reading a book, I, I wouldn't prepare by reading the book before we were going into this. No, I haven't read it either. But I have done a lot of thinking about why do I have this book in my hand? Why is it that we go into to really thought about the why? What is what is not on your behalf, on my own behalf? Why is it that I think this is really valuable for me? And that was the question I was asking you. Right? So that was just my feeling on it. Yeah. There's this really nice quote from Seneca that says, How does it help to make troubles heavier by bemoaning them? Mm. Stoics were pretty clear on how complaining does not really help the situation forward mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, i'll guess you uh, you'll you'll find uh, find that out when we do the 52 weeks the reason why i lift this up is is not because of the podcast it's not because of the but because when you're working in your everyday life in your day job and with your families and stuff you are part of something and uh, you are kind of i'm depending on my colleagues i'm dependent on Family members and children, and all, in order for everything to be good, right? So this is, and, and this leads me to the thought, you know, I want to try to find this stoic calm. Right? There's actually a word in Dan- in Danish, right? In, in what we say in Danish, it's stoisk ro, which means stoic calm. That you are calm as a person in a stoic way. That really, that you can be met with a lot, adapted mind like water thing. And that is what I'm seeking here. So I don't end up in these situations where where Jensen makes me sad because of this. So in a in a constructive way, right? that uh, that I can actually deal with that. That's one of the outputs that I want to have. The Stoics would say you don't have to turn it into something. It does not have to upset you. That getting upset is, in the end, it's a choice. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy choice because this is really, really hard work that we're going to do. But be tolerant, be tolerant with others and strict for yourself, I would say. This is only my observations on the situation. There's uh, multiple observations in the same situation that we're sitting here. But uh, yeah, okay, be tolerant. Mm -hmm. And I was being spontaneous and just go with the idea without overthinking it this time. But what if you do overthink it then? And we can take it again. What what would you really like to change? Uh, and and it's okay that you say uh, nothing. I just want to go with the flow. But uh, are you sure that there's not some stuff in your life that you would like to move on and have some uh, philosophy, a life philosophy to help you along that? Um, I don't think a, a life philosophy um, is, is the thing I'm I'm, I'm looking for. I'm looking more to 
do these uh, more spontaneous things and and, mm. and and more trying to to explore not overthink it and and i the, the problem is that i i know too little of stoicism to right now say oh stoicism can help me with that or this or whatever but but i'm i'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to 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 this journey uh, and and see if if uh, if it could uh, bring uh, something uh, that has been quite a uh, a lot of people uh, recently uh, that i met that have see, seen the uh, stoicism and, and gcd and then getting some value from that and uh, i'm really looking forward to to dive into that and, and see if that's something for me mm-hmm. but uh, i have no idea before i dive in uh, if, if there's something for me but i'm really to make the jump in the sea of stoicism, or what it is. So what I, I think what I'm looking for is maybe just to to level with you in here. Do you have 52 weeks of commitment? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. It starts with enthusiasm, right? Yeah. It's, it it's how everything starts. Yeah. So right. I, I feel that Jens is uh, something has sparked his interest, and he's intrigued, and he wants to know more, but he doesn't know why yet i mean that's that's how all great things start right curiosity so should we get into this book a little bit and talk a little bit about what this 52 week thing is because we mentioned it a couple times so michael will you describe for the people listening what what this book is it's a book with a lot of uh, lessons in uh, three core disciplines of stoicism it is structured as a part one, two, and three, and it contains 17, 18, and 17 lessons, uh, which we do. So there's a lot of stuff in this about control and desire and practical exercises that we will do over the next 52 weeks. It includes a uh, discipline of desire, discipline of action, and discipline of ascent. That is the process that we're going through. There will be Assignments for every week. It includes weekly review where you write down your observations and you make some lists over certain situations where you can apply some of the disciplines that we're talking about here. Is that a fair description, Joost? I would say, yeah. Just to be a little bit clearer, but it's one thing a week for 52 weeks. In each, in each, yeah. in each part is 17, 18, yeah. and 17 yeah. things, right? It's one thing for each week. So it's really practically oriented. It's almost like a workbook. And I do think it would be a good idea if if we would read a book in parallel with it Mm -hmm. because it gives you really bite-sized chunks to work on. But I think it's good to uh, also, uh, in parallel, read a book that gives you a bit of the broader overview of what it is and how it all ties together. Good idea. Do you have any recommendations as to what that book should be? Well, uh, the book we're talking about is called Live Like a Stoic by Massimo Pigliucci and Gregory Lopez. Mm -hmm. Now that Massimo Pigliucci guy, who's actually a professor of philosophy uh, in New York, he also wrote a book called How to Be a Stoic. And uh, that 
also follows the same structure, discipline of desire, action, and descent. And it also does, a, I think, a pretty good job on explaining how these things tie together with the virtues that we will uh, learn about. And uh, the three pillars of Stoicism, physics, ethics, and logic, and how that all ties together. So I think that would be the preferred companion book. Okay. How to be a Stoic. How to be a Stoic, yes. I have acquired that one, but maybe I should have it in paper, Martin. <laughs> it's up to you. It could be that you have had it on paper or audiobook as well. I have it as an audiobook right now. Okay, so that means that we will read a chapter or work with a chapter a week for, for a year. Mm-hmm. So just after midsummer, that's a very Swedish thing, by the way, uh, around this time next year, we will then have actually completed the book and we'll be uh, expert beginning Stoics, maybe. <laughs> Started a journey in a year. But we yeah. are well prepared, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Stoicism is like a lot of the other things. It's a never-ending story uh, mm-hmm. or never-ending journey. You will you will start it and you will always learn things and you will have to work with yourself forever, I guess. But uh, I mean, that's... That's like uh, GGD. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of the charm of it. It's, it's something that, that you never can learn fully and you can always be better. Yeah. So then we'll read... A chapter a week, and we will report back uh, a little bit on the, the podcast. Uh, every second week. And that will then be like every second week. So we will uh, not be, be talking too much in detail about everything, I guess. But uh, I assume that we should then meet up every Sunday and have a chat about the uh, mm-hmm. the chapter. Can we commit to that? Sure. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, to discuss the, uh, the upcoming week right uh, because you should read the chapter i guess before the week starts mm. and then you should work with with the chapter through monday to saturday and then on sunday you do the the weekly or the review of the week that passed and read up up on the next week so just to get it clear we uh, do our review on the past week we read the chapter for the next week then we have a call is that the plan Yes, that's what I foresee. Hmm? Or uh, have I misunderstood the idea with the book? Then, then we can change. But that's how I see this being done. What is your experience, Joost? Well, the book gives us uh, the best way to use the book. Start a lesson on Sunday each week. So on, hmm. on Sunday, read through the entire chapter. Yeah. Practice the exercise each day from Monday through Saturday. And following the Sunday... The following Sunday, do a weekly review on the exercise and then mm. prepare for the next one. So I think this, this is essentially what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. somewhere in between, you guys jump on a podcast. Mm. Yeah. Then I would suggest that we do a uh, maybe a 20 minutes uh, talk with you when we have completed each of the of the three pillars in the book. Is that yeah, okay? I'd, I'd love that. Mm. Uh, Jens, are you okay with this? I am all in for that. Okay, great. So then today we actually start with week number one. We do. Yes, and I've actually done this before, so <laughs> I'm cheating. How far I'm did starting you over. How far I, did I started the book yeah, maybe three months ago or something, mm? and I did the first two, three weeks, and then mm. I got out of the habit, but now I have accountability partners, so 
Oh, yes. Now that uh, works. It's going to work better, right? So, um, I mean, this first week is about what's in our control, mm. if I remember correctly. I'm trying to, to find my way in the book here. It is. It starts off, we shouldn't re maybe reread the whole book here, but it's, uh, I mean, discover what's really in your control and what's not. And then there is, you know, an introduction to, to, to the philosophy. Uh, and then there is a small exercise uh, determining what we should do over the week. And uh, there is also actually a placeholder in the book to write down the different things over the week. Yeah, the yeah. complete control, the incomplete control. So I have a question for you guys. Are you going to write in the book or are you going to write somewhere else? Somewhere else. Definitely somewhere else. I would never destroy my book by writing in it. I'm going to write in the book. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I gave it a lot of thought and said, okay, this can be a really good book for you know sitting up at and I have everything here in the book and it also limits my writing a little bit, which can be cool. Yeah, no, I, I can get definitely buy into that, but it just feels wrong to write in a book. I never even underline in a book. That's just wrong. I have an appointment with Mr. Lawyer in Germany about using my pen, so it will be in that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Yeah. But then we have a fantastic plan here. So uh, we need to start reading the chapter today, and in a week we will reviewing, and we will be... Um, looking into uh, what's going on next week. So Marcus Aurelius uh, would say, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. Uh, <laughs> so I think he would applaud yeah. our plan. Yeah. Yes. yes. The, the, the problem with that is just it's very easy to say. It's a little bit harder to do. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, it's very hard. What we're about to do in the 52 weeks of commitment is uh, its extremely hard. But I'm glad I can do it with you guys. Yeah, and we should also say that Sebastian Feiland is joining us on the journey of this, so we will have some chit-chat around. And and also our listeners can, of course, jump on and, and listen to uh, or, or follow the book, uh, yeah. for sure. And uh, it will maybe be a few weeks before, but mm. the outcome... That the releases of the podcast will, of course, be at the right time for, for you as a listener. And I gave some thought to our Discord server, where there will be a historic channel uh, for people to jump in, ask questions, have conversations whenever it's convenient. Uh, so this time, we will have a link to the Discord server in the show notes, right? I, so, I hope so. Let's. I will talk with the person publishing <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> yep. A lazy one. He's a lazy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Joost, thanks a million for participating in this, guiding us, and also be an equal partner in this. That is really inspiring, and I hope that we can take some of the uh, GGD Summer Camp energy into the next 52 weeks, because it will be a really tough project on each and every one of us participating in this. But is it harder than having a solid practice of GGD? I think it's comparable. It's about creating a set of habits to engage with this uh, with this material on a day-to-day -day basis, mm. which is similar to GTD. 
It's about looking yourself in the mirror and reflecting on, on your own behavior, which is also something. Oh, there. <laughs> oh, is that the GTD summer camp mirror? Yes, it is. With hearts on it, right? Mm, who do we have here? All of us. That was the magic GTD mirror that I got from Yes. With the. Uh, Parts uh, on on the on the mirror, so you remember your yeah. yourself. Take care of yourself. Be good to yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Thanks a lot, Joost. I look forward to see you in some maybe eighteen weeks' time, and uh, have a chat on what was the status on part one of this. Thanks a lot for spending your Saturday Sunday afternoon in Third Degrees Plus in Eindhoven talking with us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, Tuesday.